It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you. There is no place like home. (laughs) I was up in Oxford, Mississippi last weekend for the big LSU Ole Miss game. And what a game it was. 62,000 people in the stadium. And we got to see the Ole Miss Rebels beat up on the LSU Tigers. What a game it was. I never had seen so many people in my life. 62,000 people in that stadium. And then in the Grove, the pregame tailgate party, thousands and thousands of people. You know, how could anybody be lonely in a crowd like that? I want to talk about that today. But first, do you remember this song? Yeah, that is Three Dog Night. One is the loneliest number. Have you ever been in a crowd and you feel like you're all alone? You're the lone ranger out of the group because you've got things on your mind. You're worried about things and nobody understands. I've been there, done that. I used to sit around and I had to invite friends to my party, friends that you probably heard of, Jack Daniels. He showed up quite a bit. And then uh, Johnny the Joint, he showed up a lot too. But, you know, I found out with those friends, they made me forget about my loneliness, but they never filled the emptiness inside. Have you been there? Have you done that? You know, God has something for each of us, but if we don't feel that emptiness in our life, if we don't feel that void in our life, we kind of just wander around in life like a pinball machine. You know, the little ball, do you ever play pinball and that little ball goes everywhere to all the little bumpers and you hit the flipper button and the ball goes around and it never settles down until you tilt it. (laughs) How many times have you done that? You're getting a good score and all of a sudden you tilt the darn machine and you're out. The game's over. Have you ever felt tilted? Have you ever felt your game's over? Do you ever wonder what this life really is about Have you asked yourself the question, why am I here? What is my purpose? And if God is such a loving God, then why doesn't he take this hell out of my life? Man, friends, those are good questions. And I learned a long time ago, I did pay attention a little bit in school. The teacher always said that, hey, listen, questions are good. (laughs) Questions are good because if you ask enough questions, and you seek the correct answer, you will find the answer. 
But there are many times that you and I, we have those questions, don't we? We have questions. In fact, we have sometimes so many questions that um, our mind sometimes thinks we think it's going to blow up. And I think that sometimes we don't want to search for the answers because we really know what the answer is. We just don't want to admit it. We don't want to say to ourselves, the answer is, I need to straighten up. I need to accept responsibility. I need to quit inviting Jack Daniels and Johnny the Joint over to my house. I need to straighten up and fly right. (laughs) I heard that a lot when I was in the Air Force. Myers, you need to straighten up and fly right. I'm trying to, sir. I'm trying to. But, you know, I can't. Jack Daniels keeps holding me back. But we do have to. And I went through so many times in life. I remember when I was 21 years old and I had two children, married, you know, thought uh, uh, the little white picket fence and Muffy the cat and thought everybody would live happily ever after. (laughs) I really was so naive and goofy that I believed that. But then one day I found that my wife liked the next door neighbor a little more than me. And I became a single dad at 21 with a two-year-old and a one-year-old. And um, I was lonely. I remember so vividly sitting on my pleather couch, (laughs) imitation leather. It was plastic, but it was the pleather couch. And I looked up into the ceiling. I guess my direction was towards God, but, you know, I go to the ceiling and said, what am I going to do? And I heard something that was just profound because it was a quiet voice, a voice that visited me when I was 15 years old and was contemplating suicide. And that voice said, Ron, it's going to be okay. Now, I'm alone. I don't even think Johnny the Joint was in the house then because I didn't drink. I was in the Air Force. I mean, I didn't smoke. And I don't think Jan Daniels was there because I was in the Air Force. And I had to pretty much, uh, as I said earlier, straighten up and fly right. But I was lonely. I was scared. I was afraid what the world was going to offer me. I, my family was a thousand miles away. And what were I, what was I going to do with a two-year-old and a one-year-old? But you know what, friends? That voice, I felt something come alive in me. I think a little friend was visiting me. I think God was trying to comfort me. Have you ever done that? Have you ever really been at the end of your ropes and you prayed and you didn't even know who you were praying to. You just said something out loud, but then you felt something. You felt a peace. You felt something and you didn't know what it was, but you just felt that, you know what? It's going to be okay. I remember interviewing one of the, one of my podcasts, it's called Now I Know, and it was uh, John Boy. And he said that uh, he never knew anything about God growing up. His parents didn't talk about God, and one day he goes out on a porch, and he looks up, and he says, hey, dude, hey, dude. You know, sometimes, friends, when you get to that one is the loneliest number in your life, you've got to say, hey, dude, hey, God, are you real? 
Do you have a plan for me? And can you help me? I think pride stops many of us from asking for help. But we got to get past that. We have to turn our problems over to God. Now, we don't have to. We can still entertain Johnny the Joint or Jack Daniels. But we will always be singing that song. One is the loneliest number. Except we don't sing one is the loneliest number. We say, I am the loneliest number. I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, you're going to hear a songwriter, Mark Schultz, talk about a song that he wrote. Powerful words. And you'll hear that song. It's coming up right after the break. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas to you! We've transformed the entire Mississippi Coast Convention Center in Biloxi into an illusion of Christmas. Games, planes, jewelry, and toys. Paintings, pottery, candles, and food. Guaranteed to put you in the Christmas mood. Bring the whole family to the event everyone is talking about. The Christmas City Gift Show in Biloxi, inside the Mississippi Coast Convention Center. The holiday event you've been waiting for. Produced by Ron Myers. November 12th through the 14th. In every war, there are casualties and wounded, missing in action and POWs. The spiritual war we as Christians are involved in is no different. Our walk with God can be glorious, but it also makes us targets for the enemy's attacks. So what is our duty when a fellow soldier falls or is trapped behind enemy lines? That's when they need us most. And in most armies, the mission is clear. Go in and rescue the troops in danger. But it's been said that Christians are the only army that shoots its wounded. Instead, we must not give up on those missing in action or those wounded either by their own actions or the actions of others. The worst thing we can do is attack them or give up on them because it's been proven many times that even those who've deserted usually do return to the ranks. And often, though they are scarred, they eventually prove to have more wisdom, valor, and honor than before they left. Don't shoot the wounded. I love that song. One is the loneliest number, and that's what I spoke about in the first segment. So how do we get out of that lonely number of us being the one that we just feel like nobody really cares, nobody understands? And um, I discovered for me, and I think this is the answer, it's, it's called love. It's love because love will get us through anything. And years ago, I interviewed an artist, Mark Schultz. In fact, I brought him here in concert to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, a contemporary Christian artist. And he shared a song that he was writing, what it means to be loved. And sometimes, friends, before you listen to this, I kind of want to set it up. Sometimes when the whole world seems like it's falling apart and we perhaps begin feeling sorry for ourselves, 
we have to reach out for love. And sometimes it's not the people in our lives that will give us that love, but it is God will give us that unconditional love. And when we understand what it means to be loved, to love something that may be gone one day, to love the children or family or loved ones far away, to love them and to show them unconditional love through forgiveness, when we understand what real love is, and when we begin to give that love away, and we give love and we love people, love the unlovable, love the people that may not even be here tomorrow. It does something. That loneliness of being number one lonely man, lonely lady on the block, it begins to go away because love begins to fill the void because it is God's love that is coming into your spirit. Now, here's Mark Schultz talking about a song he wrote called What It Means to Be Loved. Well, this uh, song is called What It Means to Be Loved, and this was a song that wrote itself. I just happened to be in the room uh, when God went, dropped it in my lap. And um, its genesis was actually from a story that my wife told me about a family that she'd worked with at the hospital. And um, so I don't even know how to introduce the song. I think I just sit and play the, the verse of it and then kind of walk you through it. Um, but uh, here it is. It goes... Um, Five months, eight days, my wife and I had waited Getting ready for our baby girl And when he called, the doctor said, I need to see you Could you come in soon? And something died inside of me to sit with him and here I tested, said, our baby may not live to be here Turning to my wife, he said, what do you want to do? And she said, and it was in that part when I'm writing this song that uh, the words just come out. Uh, I want to give her the world. I want to hold her hand. I want to be her mom just as long as I can. And I want to live every moment until that day comes. I want to show what it means to be loved. And I knew as soon as I hit that chorus and tears were running down my face, I just knew, man, this is one I'm going to be playing for a long time. And um, it's the only song that I've ever played in concert where it got a standing ovation before the end of the first chorus was over with. And um, to me, uh, uh, what it says is is that uh, as Christians we're called to love. And if that means loving a baby that's going to be here for seven minutes or seventy years, it doesn't make any difference. You just wrap your arms around them and you just pour yourself into them. And uh, I love the uh, last bridge going to this, which says, uh, you know, ever since the day they got to bring her home, she's been out to prove the doctors wrong, and you should see her now. She's as pretty as her mom. There's a boy at the front door waiting just to take her to her high school prom, and he wants to give her the world. He wants to hold her hand. I remember what it was. My wife told me a story. She said she knew I was adopted because I told her. Well, she knew it anyway. Uh, but she said, you know, since you're adopted, I think we should, we should adopt kids too. And I said, okay, that's fine. And she said, I think we should adopt kids maybe with special needs. And I said, 
okay, that seems like a tall order. And uh, and she said, maybe maybe someday we adopt kids with special needs that the doctor only knows they're going to live for a year or two. And I said, honey, why would we do that? And my wife said, because uh, before they go to heaven, I want them to know what a great Christmas is like, and I want them to know what a great birthday is like, and let them know that they were loved well before they get to heaven and realize that love. I want them to know that they were loved here on earth and celebrate them here. That's the kind of wife I'm married to. And those are the kind of songs that come out of those stories. So it's a special song, and I'm grateful for all the people who've walked through that. And uh, I hope it means as much to folks as it does to me. Eight days, my wife and I had waited, getting ready for our baby girl. But when he called, the doctor said, I need to see you, and could you come in soon? And something died inside of me to sit with him and hear the test that said, I've been. Live to be here and turning to my wife, he said, What do you want to do? to give her the world wants to hold her hand 
Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and the future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. Boy, what a powerful story from uh, singer-songwriter Mark Schultz, what it means to be loved. It ties into the point of today's show that we need to love. We need to love like we've never loved before. Somebody out there listening is going to lose someone that they love very dearly in the near future. That's just life. So the question is this, are you showing everyone in your life what it means to be loved? The love that they need, the love that you give that will come back to you so you can begin filling that void in your life. The Bible says that we love because God first loved us. We only love because God has given us the love through his love through his son, Jesus. And I don't want to be lonely anymore. I don't want to be one is the lonely number. I want to give love. I want to give love to everybody out there, whether it's the homeless man, the person that talks about me behind my back. Well, that's okay because I'm going to give them love because this is about me. This is about filling the void in my life. This is about accepting God's unconditional love so I can move forward in life and become everything he created me to be. Anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness does nothing but have us sing that song, Woe, I am the lonely number. Well, we've got to forgive. A lot of people at their wedding, one of the vows they uh, share with each other is from the uh, Bible, 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, I want to share some of that. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. But when perfect comes, the partial will pass away and love will never leave. Friends, if you feel like that song, one is the loneliest number, and you want to start getting back into the right frame of mind and feeling good about life, feeling good about your destiny, accept God's unconditional gift to you, which is Jesus, and then just ask him. And let's ask together right now, Lord, we just ask you right now in your holy name to fill us with your love, your unconditional love. Let us love those who have wronged us, those who have hurt us. Let us, Lord, love the unlovable. We don't want to be alone anymore, Lord. We don't want to sing one is the loneliest number. We want to say 
all is good with God. We love and we love because he first loved us. So touch us today, Jesus. Amen. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Simple. Just say, Jesus, I commit my life to you. I give you my life. And then get into the Bible. I always tell people to start in the book of John. That is the book of love. And then reach out to me at thepromoter.org, Ron at thepromoter.org, and I'll send you some materials. But friends, this is the greatest time ever to be alive as a Christian. We are overcomers. We are not victims. We are victors. This is our time to show the world exactly who we are through the love of God, through the love of Christ. And let's go out there and love the unlovable. It's out there. Love those. Love the president. Love the Democrats. Love the Republicans. Love them. When you can master love for everyone, you may not agree with them, but when you can master that love, let me tell you something, friends. You will be on the radio singing a song and sharing your testimony with the world. And that's what God wants. Well, my time is up, and I hope this program has spoken to you today because it sure did me. Wow. Sometimes I can write these and produce these, but I never know the effect that it is going to have when I listen to it. Listen to some of my words because they're not my words. They're God's words to you. He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for me, and we've got to walk in that plan. So share this program. You can get a copy of this podcast on my website, thepromoter.org, and just look for the podcast tab. Well, God bless you, and remember this. God loves you. God has a plan for you, and his plan is of goodness and a great future. See you next week. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas to you! We've transformed the entire Mississippi Coast Convention Center in Biloxi into an illusion of Christmas. Games, planes, jewelry, and toys. Paintings, pottery, candles, and food. Guaranteed to put you in the Christmas mood. Bring the whole family to the event everyone is talking about. The Christmas City Gift Show in Biloxi. Inside the Mississippi Coast Convention Center. The holiday event you've been waiting for. Produced by Ron Myers. November 12th through the 14th.